off, whatever it is. She just goes a little mad sometimes. We all go a little mad sometimes. Game over, man. Game over. What an excellent day for an exorcism. You are invited to an open house where horror will be your host. Don't fall asleep. Welcome to the Gabin in the Woods podcast. Woo! You're sounding much more lively than me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm entering that kind of shabby Russell Crowe phase. I was never in the good Russell Crowe phase, but I'm in the shabby fat, have you, dusky have, voice, grey beard phase. Have you thrown a phone at someone? Oh, many times. <laughs> Oh, my God. Can I just say, just while we're going to be talking about Rusty, yeah. you know when they, they started seeing ads everywhere, they were like, he was in the new movie, The Pope's Exorcist? Yes. I got so excited because it's exorcisms. Fucking scary, yeah. supernatural. Oh, I love this shit. And then, like, Russell Crowe. And as much as he's, like, batshit, like, crazy, yeah. he's actually like a ridiculously good actor and it he's, shits me that he's really good he's such like a really good actor Why? he's not crazy oh no he is no, he's, he's, not. Le- he's legit crazy like i like oh my god romper stomper oh he's so convincing as an insane fucking nazi yeah. um but anyway so he's such a good song like oh my god i'm so excited and it's like fat old grumpy just like russell crowe just being a Fat, grumpy, fighting demons just being like, oh, he can't, and he's going to headbutt Satan. <laughs> I used my streaming service. Thank you very much. Okay. Yeah. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. This is, this is, ah, absolute shit film. Oh, man, don't do that to me. Absolute shit film. Australians shouldn't be allowed to make and it wasn't Australian. Films. No, that's what I'm saying. Australians shouldn't be allowed to make them. It wasn't him. No, it wasn't him. But then you also look at Deliver Us From Evil with Eric Banner. Dog shit. Oh. And I fucking love Eric Banner so much. He's the one good thing to come out of the fast forward cast. Oh. oh. Like Chopper, masterpiece. Oh, absolutely. Absolute absolutely. masterpiece. When he's not doing an accent that's not Australian, <laughs> fucking awful. Like push him off a cliff, mate. He, like, was, he was really good in Munich. He was a Space alien that no one had ever encountered before and he still got the fucking accent wrong. He's a space alien if you met him at the Footscray train station. He makes my <laughs> accents look historically accurate. That's how fucking bad that man is at accents. <laughs> oh, my God. The only Romulan that tries to bum a cigarette from you. <laughs> You're a fucking dart cunt. <laughs> I would have appreciated that more. No, Me too. But, oh, my God. Okay, so... Okay, so Rusty, you know, shows up. Like, oh, first of all, they start off by killing a pig. Oh, boo. You're going to do some spoiler alerts here? Boo. The pig dies. Spoiler alert, pig dies. So I'm already not happy. Right. This is some bullshit. And then it goes straight away. There's a bit of, like, Vatican argy-bargy, bit of Pope, you know, bit of priest doing the whole, whose dick is bigger? You know. Um, How big's yours? This big? (laughs) How big's your altar boy? Okay, so... He gets to, like, the family, okay? The family that's being, like, possessed. Like, it cunts. All of them. They're all hateable. I don't... They're being possessed. Good. Good. They're shit cunts. The actors playing the shit family. Shit annoying. Bad. Just annoying. I hated everybody. The bar was set extremely high by Regan McNeil, though. Who's Regan McNeil? Okay, Regan McNeil is the protagonist in The Exorcist. The little girl who gets possessed. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because she's relatable and you don't want her to be 
possessed because she's just a little child of divorce and she's even though she's got incredible privilege she's missing out on her mum and she just feels torn between two worlds and she turns to a Ouija board for friendship and ah. Oh, no, see, I just see entire white kid the entire time, this entire movie. I'm just like, fucking white privileged people spinning around, can't even let the, the bloody poor workers rest when they're dead. Got to bring them up. Keep me entertained. I am a rich child. Amuse me. She got fucking amused. <laughs> but anyway, that's just me. <laughs> Back when Nepo babies... <laughs> I mean, no sympathy. Well, no sympathy. Back before Nepo Babies went into like rap and that sort of stuff. Oh. Like, can you imagine being Tom Hanks' son and getting into rap? Like, no one's going to take you seriously. Your dad's a beloved actor that collects typewriters. Mm. And you're going to talk about the streets mm. or the streets of Aspen. Mm. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, the only like, you know, thing that's hailing past your head is like mountains of legitimate blow. That's the only bit that I would approve of your exactly. privilege. Just, oh, my God, I've got so much wealth and money. Oh, my hip that has all my money in it hurts. Ah, oh, the streets. <laughs> Threw out my money hip. <laughs> Do my money hip crip walk. Oh, ah, I'm not really crippled. It's just kind of heavy. Oh, my God. Apparently, I am of an age. Okay. I'm apparently so old. I put my back out. You know what I did? What'd you do? Slept. Yeah. <laughs> Woke up. Ah, in pain. Had to like grip the headboard. I haven't gripped a headboard, (laughs) sadly, like that in so long. Since your last exorcism. It was literally just to like turn myself over so I could like, like roll out of bed. Yeah. (sighs) Fuck that shit. Yeah. Complain to the guy who broke his back and doesn't know how he did it. Oh my God. You know and what? You drink so much. How is this your first back injury? Oh my God. I would be so excited. If the devil showed up right now and started like vibrating my bed, I'd be like, oh my God, thank God. Oh, that is such a relief. Oh my God. Oh <laughs> Didn't my have to God. put 20 cents in it this time. <laughs> I don't normally. Yeah. Uh, but uh, no, the problem is. I think, okay, the problem is, I'm not saying I go too hard, but I've broken two of my bed slats, okay? So now I don't have enough slats, so now they're sliding apart, and then I just sort of fall in between the slats. And You need zip ties and microphone boxes. Oh, I've got the zip ties. Oh, really? Back from those days, back from the Fritzel Fritzel summer? Different reasons. My God. But anyway, so it would literally, it would have taken Rusty to show up to exercise them demons out of my back. Yeah. <laughs> Just like that scene in Romper Stomper. Oh, my God. Oh, hey. Are we talking about that scene? We're talking about that scene. <sighs> did I ever tell you about the time I did a festival show in Melbourne? Mm. And we did it at a gallery, which I don't know if it's still, I mean, look, it might have been a display, but it was called Fad Gallery. Still there. Mm. Great little venue near Chinatown. Mm-hmm. Anyway, the room we had had the most fucking bizarre interior decor. It was all behind-the-scenes photos from the making of Romper Stomper. Like oh. really nice black and white stills okay, yeah. of just the cast all hugging each other and looking happy, but they, they've they all got shaved heads and like swastika tattoos. And it's like, oh, this is fucking awful. <laughs> this is awkward. If you, can you imagine going there if you don't know that yeah. that is from a film called Romper Stomper? Yeah. And you're just like, it's just there's their Herman Goering yeah. Nazi picture. Back when Australian films were fucking genuinely scary. Yeah. Instead of just being genuinely shit. Yeah. Anyway, so in between that, You've also got what 
could only be described as a cock forest. There's just clay alabaster casts of erect dicks. Mm. Life-size, human. Mm. So it's just romper-stomper pictures and mm. hard dicks. Try doing comedy in that room. It's like, it's like the Holy Mountain. It's just fucked up. I hear that was also how Hitler decorated the inside of his office. <laughs> After he shot himself? <laughs> just like dicks came out of him like a cock piñata? <laughs> no, we were supposed to hide in Mexico. Wow. Okay. Yeah. That wasn't that wasn't a good vibe. Not a good vibe. Not a good vibe. Yeah. So now when people talk to me about like the Melbourne Comedy Festival, I do that thousand yard stare as I just remember romper stomper and cocks. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's it's mm, okay. Romper neo mm, romper stomper neo Nazis and cocks. What's the Venn diagram? <laughs> Finally, they're together. <laughs> it's like that uh, that bit of Philip Glass music on Sesame Street where they just show the geometry of circles and they just all join. Oh, boop, 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 boop. have you seen that? No. Oh, don't fucking. But I mean, it makes sense. Like people who are practicing like neo Nazis, yeah, like Cox, like, and there's just repressed homosexuality, yeah, yeah, just right there in the middle. That's the Venn diagram where yeah. they meet, yeah, and. Oh. I think the repressed homosexuality oh. might be a very minor component of the neo-Nazi belief ethos. You don't think it's that repressed? No, I think there's a, I think there's maybe a little bit of it, but I think the majority of it is racism. Well, yes. The majority of it, the, the classics. I mean, Hitler Hitler didn't ever do the the Sieg Heil and then one day catch himself going, Leah, <gasps> no, yeah, oh, oh. no. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's why it was so rigid. Nine. Everybody was too afraid. Just, oh. Slay queen. All of them. <laughs> Cancelled in 10 minutes. Oh, my God. I really can't wait until we do our biopic epic of World War II. Oh, that'd be so good. <laughs> Which. Oh, really? Oh, my God. Is. You're not going to believe it. This is amazing. But speaking of like repressed homosexuality and Nazis in World War Two, <laughs> that's so funny because that totally brings us to the topic of this week. Oh wow! <laughs> Are we going to learn something about the rats of Tobruk that I didn't know? <laughs> There's a reason they liked hiding in holes. <laughs> my uh, granddad on my dad's side was an actual rat of Tobruk, so yeah. if he was there, there was shagging involved. Oh yeah, your I, family. Yeah. Oh my god! I made like dad's side of the family. They have bedded more people than Sealy. They were the root rats of Tobruk. Oh yeah, <laughs> more backs on mattresses than Sealy. In fact, until my family started rooting, the earth was just still. <laughs> it was just that constant of all of them just uh uh uh. Finally, kicked it off, started moving it. It's like Superman. Yeah. <laughs> all shag in one direction. Let's get this party started. What life was born. <laughs> In the beginning. Oh, it's hard to explain. Yeah. <laughs> it's the omitted part of the Bible nobody likes to talk about. <laughs> and on the seventh day, the Allen started shagging. <laughs> For some reason, God invented the song Kickstart My Heart and 50 Bogans. And it began. Oh, my God. And the first, like, what was that? Bathurst 500. <laughs> 
my God, if that's going to get your world started. Maybe that's what we need to send to Mars. We need to just send like a shitload of bogans, booze and pornography just to Mars. To Mars. And just get him on that poor little rover. Oh. And just, just get the get the turn happening. Oh, right on the solar panels. Mm. Oh. Mm. <laughs> There's poor Matt Damon farming potatoes in his own turd. While a fucking bunch of... He's going to be farming more than potatoes. Well, a bunch of Bathurst bogans turn up to burn a couch on Mars. Holy shit. What do you mean two cartons of VB each? I'm here for a weekend. Oh, my God. We will put the liquid back onto Mars. It, look, it'll be piss. It will all be piss. It'll piss and vomit. It'll be rivers of piss and vomit. And a few cups they can't explain. Oh. oh, my God. It's a glorious thing. It really is a glorious thing. It's a glorious thing. thing. I, mean, I know a lot of people are, like, shitting on, like, Elon Musk and, you know, just sort of everyone was like, oh, stop, you know, building your rockets. But I can't wait till they build all the rockets and all the billionaires and their stupid kids fuck off. Yeah. Just maybe that's that's the other way. It's not, oh, we'll get away from them. Let's just get all of the fuckheads together. All of the billionaires, yeah. the twats, the Andrew Tates, the incels, everyone who's just a piece of shit. Yeah. We put them in the rockets and they can just fuck off. Just fuck off. Can we include 30 seconds to Mars in there? So just Jared Leto on the front of the rocket. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's just assumed. There's, an, just- there's another stunt for you, Jared. <laughs> Oh, look at him. He's climbing this building. He's jumping off this stage. Maybe if he wrote a good song. Oh, my God. He's just going to jerk off into a box the entire way. But no, I think that's the other way we can go. Instead of how do we get away from the billionaires and the twats and the dickheads, just be like, you know what? Fuck it. I'll even help you build the rocket. Now, fuck off. This is a very elaborate replacement for a guillotine in a town square. It's my first option. I'm not saying... The rockets ever have to leave atmosphere. True. Wink. Hello. Yeah, go on, Elon. Off to Mars, you come, old lad. Wink. Can you just say uh, Challenger 2 as you, <laughs> as you get on board here, please? Quick, you better get on board before, you know, the air makes you gay as a frog. <laughs> Think of the memes. Wink. Oh, my God. How beautiful would it be? <sighs> Fucking spectacular. Look, I'm not saying I'm, I've been feeling pessimistic the last couple of weeks. Okay. But I did go online and I ordered some of um, that iron and I got some in pills and I got some in liquid form so that if the nuclear apocalypse does happen, mm-hmm. um, I'll have iron for me and the cats. Iron? Mm. Mm. It's iodine. That's, I mean, iodine, oh, sorry. Oh, right, you bought iodine pills. Yes, okay. and liquid iodine, just in case. Just in case. Just in case Okay. the end comes. I was going to say, you're going to take iron pills <laughs> so you've got energy while you develop tumours? <laughs> what? <laughs> just become the toxic avenger. I'm not sleepy anymore. <laughs> I'm like, ah! Hulk rage, there's nothing left to rage against. Look under my eyelids, there's good colour. And my gums, they're great. Oh, here's another tumour. No, iodine, sorry. Iodine, yes. Even better. I got some iron too. But seriously, as a vegan, get some iron. You know, tell me how to live. I ate a tofu sausage. There's no iron in that. Fuck. Um, Just just have an iron supplement and some broccoli and some caffeine. I had some broccoli yesterday. There you go. There we go. There you go. I'm like a fucking... 
This is the health advice from someone who can't even keep their voice because they're slightly allergic to their asthma medication. They're slightly allergic to the air. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, bubble boy. I've got oral thrush. It's because you spend too much time in room full of dicks. <laughs> dicks and Nazis. I'm like reverse Michael Douglas. Why did they have a room full of dicks, by the way? It was like some sort of weird fucking art installation. Oh. So it was hard dicks and hard cases. It was weird. And in between that, it's just like, who wants to hear some jokes? <laughs> okay. Mm. Okay. It was fucking weird. Yeah. Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne. Arts capital. I'll serve you coffee and half an avocado. <laughs> and a dick. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Um, you completely already lose my train of thought. What are we talking about? World War Two. Dicks. That's it. Oh, my Lord. Okay, so this is a little... Because I thought you've had a bit of a stressful couple of weeks. Yeah. So I thought we'll do something like, what, what's going to make John happy? What do you yeah. like? What do you like talking about? Dicks. You're a white man over 30. The war. Over 40, thank you. And oh, yes, the war. I was trying to be complimentary. No one's buying it. I look like <sighs> fucking Rolf Harris. <laughs> no, one thinks I'm, no one thinks I'm 30. <laughs> I didn't want to be all like fucking, what's, you know, Christopher Lee is the old guy in Lord of the Rings. <laughs> I couldn't remember his name. Fucking. Saruman. Saruman. I was, well, no, what's the I? Saruman. So there's Saruman. Who's yeah. the the white wizard? It, it, and then it, there's Sauron, who is the Lord of Darkness. Who is the eye? He's the eye. Okay. Too I close. see you. I'm just saying, if you're going to write how many th- hundreds of pages of books, you yeah. could maybe put a little bit of difference between those names. That's all I'm oh, saying. Maybe it's because they're part of the Mainer or whatever the fuck it is, and their names are phonetically linked. Yeah. You're the one who's got a fucking collector's edition to Xbox. Don't look at me like Blood I'm the red. fucking nerd. Blood red Resident Evil, thank you very yeah, much. Okay. World War Two. Yeah. Your favourite time. <laughs> Here's a question for you, okay? Because you know you love talking about the war. You I know do. things about the war. How many Englishmen does it take to make a cup of tea? Is that rhetorical or this is a real question? <laughs> it's a real question. Oh, so it's, so it's a joke. Uh, I don't know. One to make the tea and four to surrender on a French beach. <laughs> no, that would be the French. <laughs> One, but they bloody well make... Oh, I've lost it now. One, but they bloody well... (laughs) (laughs) How many lizards does it take to tell a joke? (laughs) One, but they bloody well better make one for everyone. Oh, there you (sighs) go. And to any of our English listeners, my grandfather was actually a Dunkirk veteran. So go fuck yourselves. (laughs) It sounds like you're putting one of these like, I know black people, (laughs) so it's not racist. (laughs) We can talk about the... Because we fought... Against the Nazis. Yeah. So, now we know the Brits love their cup of teas. Yes. Love them to a point of obsession. They, yeah, they might have taken over a chunk of the New World to get some of it. Some people might think it's a harmless obsession. Yes. Except for the people being colonised in pursuit of it. Yeah. But in World War II, English generals found out it would turn out to be a deadly Obsession. Oh. For tank regiments. Really? Mm-hmm. Deadly Obsession sounds like a film with like Glenn Close in it. Oh my God, just straddling a German tank. Yeah. As Michael Whitman, sorry, Whitman, 
because he's German. Oh, yeah, yeah. A German commander in a tiger tank would discover. In T for total destruction. Hey. Or so long and tanks for nothing. Hey. That's pretty good. Okay, so picture it. Okay. That's going back in time. Because we don't have Foley. You must do some impressive theatre for your cats. <laughs> I did so much. Oh my god, it's so hurtful when they eventually just. Uh, just turn their back. This is so much worse than that <laughs> display of dicks and romper stomper pictures. Go to sleep, and I'm like, oh, I failed to entertain you. So, 1944. Commander, sorry, Commander Wittmann was appointed commander of SS Heavy Panzer Battalion Mm -hmm. 101's 2nd Company. Okay. Fucking hell. It's a lot to just get through. That is a lot. The day after D-Day... The 101 Battalion was ordered to travel from Bouvets in Normandy, 150 miles away, to Normandy. So from Bouvets to Normandy, 105 miles. It was expected to take them less than five days to travel the distance. Now, the reason they were being very quickly sent five days away to Normandy... Yes. The Allies were, of course, advancing from Gold and Omaha beaches. Yes. The German infantry buckled and began to withdraw. Suck it! Yeah. And they created an opening about 12 kilometres or seven and a half mile. There was a gap in the front line. So what do you do when you see a gap? Yeah, try and plug it. Oh. Well, it depends on which side you're on. If you're on the Allies invading, you go for it. Yeah. And if you're the Germans, you try and shore it up. Yeah. Yeah. Dietrich ordered his only reserve, the 101 Tank Division, led by Commander Wittmann, to fall in behind two other positions and guard the opening left flank. Okay. <gasps> but he's five days away. Yeah. The commander had guessed the Allies would head for the high ground near Villers Bocage. Whitman aimed to position himself near the town. Mm-hmm. Meanwhile, blah, 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 <laughs> the other side of the beach, the lead tank crews of the British 7th Armoured Division were absolutely smashing their way through the Germans. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And the countryside. Yeah. Just smashing it. Woo! Rolling over everyone and everything. Mm. Their goal was to exploit the gap in the German lines, seize villers Bocage, and take the nearby high ground. Yeah. Seems simple enough. Does. And up to this stage, smashing it. Hashtag goal succeeding. But the British tank crew had progressed so far and so quickly, we are about to see the prime number one reason why we almost lost to fucking Germany. Well, 
by this point, they'd pretty well already lost. No, I meant like... Okay. Overall. Throughout the whole war. Yeah. English officers. English officers are a particular breed of useless cunt. Well, back then they were. These days, you're not buying commissions. You're not, you know, being parked in there because you were too stupid to be a doctor. Yeah, you know, or like you, Daddy bought me a battalion. Yeah, you were too far down the chain to get the uh, the hereditary title. Yeah. So they they either got you into the priesthood or bought you a commission in the armed services, so which you could kill Australians. Oh, for science! Oh, I mean for country. For sport. Whatever the fuck it is. Yes. Whatever. Let's make them run up that ninety degree cliff in Gallipoli for a lark. Yeah. Oh my god. Have you tried catching the bullets with your teeth? <laughs> My God, it's like you're not even trying not to die. Yeah. Do I have to do everything? Do I have to stand in front of the bullets for you? Oh, maybe not. Bring in some New Zealanders. <laughs> this is what I love about Australia. We basically get fed to the lions twice, two world wars, by the British, mm. and we still vote to keep them as our head of state. The fuck, Australia? Public holiday. You can have a fucking public holiday if it's not the Queen. The fucking call it Republic Day. King's birthday. Call it Republic Day two extra boogaloo. Well, you make it happen. You make you put it in writing. You put it in writing. I'm not going to lose my public holiday. Nineteen year old me got out there and campaigned for the Republic, and dumb cunts lost it. I won't. I won't die for them, but I'll have a public holiday for them. I'll have a public holiday for their fucking deaths. Lizzie's in a box, in a box. Lizzie's in a box. My son still fucking sings that. Have we clarified which side you were on during this? <laughs> <laughs> so, we have, I get the Germans. Eh, oh my God. Oh, okay. Running with their pantaloons around their petticoats. Okay. Ah, okay. I think you'll find it's a later hose. <laughs> You're in France. You try something new. Okay. Okay. <laughs> like democracy. So they're running away. Oh, oh, my, my bratwurst. Oh. Okay, they're running away in terror. Okay. Okay, clutching their bratwurst. And some very down-to-earth, sensible, competent, just ordinary... Squaddies are just getting in and getting it done and succeeding, exceeding expectations. Yes. So what happens next? Well, it's the British, so we're going to talk about a command failure, I'm guessing. The British commanders ordered them to halt their advance immediately with the instruction to wait for everybody else to catch up. Look, you don't want to get too far in front of your supply lines because then you can be cut off and that sort of stuff. But was it just simply a case of, oh, this isn't very sporting. Let's let's let the others catch up so we can so we can twiddle our moustaches and compare the number of buffalo we've shot. Yeah, like I can see you're in front, but hang on, I want to be the first one who takes the first photo by the fountain. <laughs> let's just go get there, and the common people will be in there, and they'll they'll have their shoes off. <laughs> oh, oh. Yeah. 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 So they made them stop their advance. Okay. Whitman (sighs) travelled the five days, also heading to the same town where the British had now arrived 
and we're told to hole up. Yeah. Commander Whitman arrived late to the party, taking him longer than expected. But what could he do? His unit was at 50% strength now, having lost 12 of his tanks, which is literally half of his command, Mm. to combat or mechanical failure along the way. Big problem with German tanks. They had too many models. It was too hard to supply them with the spare parts. All the different bits? Yeah. That's why the Russian tanks were so good. They just built one fucking model. All of them just cast parts, no complex machinery. That's like the friggin', I mean, that's the difference between the, you know, the Russian, um, like, AK. Yeah. Like, that's just like, it's a pencil sharpener that you put a bullet in. Yeah. Survive anything. Drop it, blow it up, shit in it. Yeah. Bury it in the ground for 20 years, pick it up, keeps going. Still works. Yeah. Yeah. The fancy, like, a rush, like the M44s, fucking always jamming. Yeah. Pieces of shit. <laughs> Uh, anyway. German tanks, hyper advanced for their time, but too hard to maintain. Oh, my God. Just like the Nazis. So fucking high maintenance. You know what's also going to be hard to maintain? Our mostly female listenership, <laughs> who right now is just going, oh, fucking hell, he really is in his mid-40s, isn't he? Talking about tank reliability. <laughs> oh, my God. Meanwhile, oh, my God, there are some incel dudes sitting in a basement <laughs> right now with a hard-on they haven't had in 30 years. Yeah. Mum, quick, don't come down. <laughs> Come and listen to this guy. He's about to talk about how some American tanks actually had a precursor to the Chrysler Slant 6 on each fucking side of the tracks. I think Lou's vagina not only, like, oh, fizzled up, it just fell off. It is it is snapping shut like the, uh, the behind enemy lines. Yeah. <laughs> You're never getting... Like, one of those tunnels where the Germans hid all those paintings. It is now sealed, never to be seen again. Well, luckily for her, I've got an oil thrush, so. (laughs) (sighs) Are you trying to be the unsexiest person on the planet? Because you're winning. It just comes naturally. You're winning. What can I say? Oh, my God. I was born this repugnant. Between the thrush talk and the tank talk and the butthole t-shirt. You bought me this shirt. Because oh, I knew you'd love it. I do love a good butthole. Who doesn't? Yeah. Oh, actually me. Yeah. Ugh, nah, pretty bad. Could do without them. All the time, like, I am my own worst enemy. Like, I will say, like, freaky shit and make freaky jokes down the pub yeah. all the time. And everyone is like, you just see dudes who are like, she's a super freak, super <laughs> freak. I am the most, like, vanilla in the bedroom, like, person ever. Like, oh, my God. <laughs> they come back and find your two broken slats in your bed and like, here we go, it's on. It's just like, no, I just, I just slept funny. I want the lights off. Preferably don't even touch me. In yeah, any way. If I was to design the human body. Reeky sex. <laughs> just <laughs> hover over each other. It's like something from Star Trek. Yeah. Because uh, It is the dawning of the age of Aquarius. you got to get up there to clean it out. It's just too much effort. Ugh. I was just going to say, if I was designing the human body, the mm. butthole would be the first thing to go. And it would be replaced with like, like a coffee machine, just a tray that comes out. And you knock it out, wash it out under the sink, put it back. Oh, I don't know how I feel. Because then you'd, like, you'd know that your poop drawer was full. Yeah. It's better than like, pardon me, I've got to go powder my nose. 
just I'm sorry, it's gonna go tap out the old shit box. No, because I'm vegan. I literally like I eat it, I feel it. Oh, pfft, straight. You're like one of those dolls that's just got a hose that goes from mouth to butt. I am my own human centipede. Baby Bjorn, baby Bjorn. Out. Never actually touches the side. So no, I hate your idea. It's terrible. If you were in human centipede, it would have been a water theme park. <laughs> You just put a mouse in one end and it rides to the other Whee! end. I want to go again. I want to go again. <laughs> and it comes. Tales of the Riverbank. Fucking horrific. What's Remy the Rat going to get up to today? Oh, that's not vegan. <laughs> He's going to ride the human centipede that theme park. That is not vegan. No. Calm down, Richard Gear. That is not vegan. It's vegan if you don't chew and it comes out alive. <sighs> no, you can't give consent. What if you could tra- you could train rats to take cocaine? Yeah, but training of- is not the same as consent. It's a choice. It's like how much of modern psychology about compulsion is based on teaching rats that they can have food or cocaine, and they always choose cocaine. It's like every time that that friggin' they put that picture of friggin' Momoa in his Aquaman suit, they know that's making me drink. Yeah, like <laughs> your bed breaks again. That's what breaks your bed. It's not technically consent. Yeah. I've just learned to just get wet. It's Pavlovian. Exactly. <laughs> oh no, oh. I'm having a reaction that's based mostly upon eggs. It's not vegan. Damn it! <laughs> oh my god. No one in the US gets that joke. Pavlova is a meringue dish made out of eggs. Invented by the New Zealands, but co-opted by Australians. You get vegan ones now, but anyway. Yeah, no. Ugh. Commander Vitman <laughs> had lost 12 of his tanks, which is half of his squad. Yep. Okay. Oh, shit. Getting there. And then what do you know? Fuck. I got there late. Yeah. But it's okay because the British have stopped anyway. Time for tea. So. <laughs> Fuck, really? Being told they had to stop. What do you do when you're a British <laughs> Tank regiment in the French countryside who's been ordered to stop. You stop for a bloody cup of tea. You all pile out of your tanks and vehicles and sit down and have a cup of tea. Thank fuck they weren't ordered to invade Ibiza. (laughs) Who do we shoot? The dickheads on the beach. The ones dancing with whistles. (laughs) That's who you shoot. Oh, my God. Please make it happen. So the British have stopped in the fields drinking tea. Hello, Governor. Commander's orders. Would you feel bad attacking that? Whitman arrived late. Holy fuck. We're late to the party. It's already started. Whitman had no time to do his plan, which he'd been planning for the last five days. was like, I'm going to get there early. (laughs) I will set up my snappers and my big cannons. Didn't have time to do any of that. Literally pulled up to the party. The party, woo! In full fucking British everywhere. Wow. Fuck. What do you do? Start shooting. But... Remember, this isn't an entire English tank battalion in their tanks, ready to go. Oh. This is an English tank battalion having a tea party. Oh. Whitman 
Yes. This is a direct quote from Commander Whitman. I had to act quickly. <laughs> As I had to assume that the enemy had already spotted me and would destroy me where I stood. Because you're a fucking Nazi. The fact he's being quoted doesn't give me hope for the English. It's usually a bit of a spoiler. But wait for it. Okay. Now, we haven't... I've told you about this. We're going to do this on another episode. I haven't finished, like... It's still, like... I'm still researching it. It's going to be a few parts to this episode. Right. I never realised until I started researching it how much fucking meth the Nazis were on. So much. So much meth. Yeah. Like, that's where meth came from. Yeah. Like, the war. Yeah, yeah. Fucking woo! They were just cranked. Just like, it's like, it's an energy pill. Yeah. Because everyone was like, oh my God, we don't know how Germany suddenly, they literally just marched for like two weeks straight. Ah, all through Poland. <laughs> fucking meth. That's how. All meth. If there was a cash converters in Poland, <laughs> it just would have been an entire German panzer division. Fucking, oh my God. The only thing is like now, when I look back at like photos of like World War Two, what I can't understand is how the fuck did so many Germans have their fucking teeth by the end of it? Because <laughs> just fucking... And then... Well, they weren't smoking it. Yeah, well... Mm. <sighs> so, power of meth. Yeah. I'm like, either this is the biggest bold decision a human being has ever made... Yeah. Or, you took all the meth. <laughs> I wasn't there. I'm not going to cast dispersions, so I can't say which one it was. You can make up your own mind which one you think. Okay. So he's down to only 12 tanks. Yep. They've just got 12 tanks. It's a whole fucking British regiment out there. Fuck. What do I do? So what do you think he does? I reckon he put on his favourite mixtape, which happened to be probably Takashi X9, because he's full of meth. And he loaded up some sweet fucking ammo and they just went for it. Oh, see, I just like for Saving Private Ryan is a very different film if you just have I am a robot. <laughs> fucking Kraftwerk. I am a robot. Fucking very different film. <laughs> You're pretty not far from it. Yeah. He ordered the rest of his company to hold its ground. And then Commander Wittmann set off in his tank alone. Wow. Just the one tank and handed, headed single tankedly <laughs> towards the English. Well, the other 11 tanks hid in bushes. Yeah. The English were patiently waiting for the rest of the Allies. Yep. They had all stepped outside their tanks for refreshments. Oh, dear. At approximately 9am, so just picture, just very different in the background. You just hear it suddenly. It's just like, is that Ride of the Valkyrie? <laughs> da, 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 Fucking bushes start shaking. <laughs> At 9am, Commander Wittmann's 
Lone Tiger Tank sprang from cover onto the road at the rear of the British position, destroying the tanks at the rear of the unit. No chance. Commander Wittmann then put metal to the floor and headed straight to Villers-Bocage. Destroying several transport vehicles pulled over to the side of the road whilst their men were having refreshments. Jesus. The commander then drove his tiger tank into the eastern end of town, destroying several light and medium tanks. Because people are outside of their tanks having refreshments. Honestly, probably the best place to be. Do you know what the German nickname was for British tanks? Mm-hmm. Tommy Cookers. One shot that light up and oh. burn the fucking people inside. Well, it's a happy note. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for- That's all right. The British scrambled to withdraw their light tanks and vehicles and send in their large tanks. But in that time, Commander Wittmann destroyed another tank, two observation post tanks, a scout car and a half-track vehicle. Which, if you don't know what that is, if you know the film The Dirty Dozen. Yeah. It's like the motorbike tank. It's 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 basically it's that ridiculous vehicle that they get into at the end of the Dirty Dozen and very slowly drive away yeah. from the castle. Which I've never... Und- like, if you're going to steal any vehicle <laughs> to escape, don't pick the slowest tractor that you could possibly find. The slowest and loudest tractor. <laughs> anyway. Well, that's a soft top! Anyway. <sighs> So he destroyed all of them. Yeah. The British sent in a Sherman tank. And after a brief scuffle, Whitman, I'm out, withdrew his tiger tank, destroying an anti-tank gun on the way out of town. Of course. In less than 15 minutes, Commander Vetman had taken out... 14 tanks, two anti-tank guns, and 15 transport vehicles. Holy fuck. One tank. Wow. It's the power of meth. Da, 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 da. <laughs> That's all the fucking meth. That's not a little bumper meth. Yeah. That's all. That is like end of Scarface, all of the meth on the table. Yeah. My little friend! That's fucking impressive. That's fucking... Uh, so he had taken all of them out in 15 minutes, mostly because the tank crews were all outside their tanks having a cup of tea. <sighs> Whitman's unit then withdrew. <laughs> really? I think you've done enough, mate. I as now so. everything that was left started coming after them. <laughs> now, okay. Oh, my God. Okay, so... I think people's feelings might have got hurt about what happened in that city. One of the main reasons was because once he reported back to HQ. (laughs) This is Whitman. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) And the Germans were like, fuck, send more meth out. (laughs) Commander Wittmann was 
catapulted back to Germany immediately. Oh, right. Where he was immediately promoted to... Fuck, this is why they lost the war. Who has time to get this out in a crisis? Quick, get the SS Hamsenfurter. <laughs> and awarded... Fucking hell. Talk about... Just get to the point, fucking Nazi Germany. He was awarded the Knight's Cross of the Iron Cross with oak leaves and swords. Oh. Just purple. You know what? There you go. Purple medal. Just supreme with anchovies. Just fucking hell. The German propaganda machine went into overdrive. Yeah. And just six days after the battle, the Germans released recordings on air of the commander telling the story of the battle. But by now, the story had been blown out, and now the story was the commander had destroyed an entire British armoured regiment (laughs) and an infantry battalion all by himself. Well... It's very, that's German efficiency for you. <laughs> Dude, you've taken out like 15 tanks and vehicles in 15 minutes by yourself in one tank in under 15 minutes. That's impressive enough. You really don't need to embellish that. You don't need to. <laughs> oh my God. So then I think it became like a matter of like, you know, so then the, the you know, the allies were like, well, well, now we have to take it. So then they took it. And then the Germans were like, no, we want it. We have to take it back. <laughs> so it did sort of... Um, switch, you know, a couple of times. Yeah. Excuse me. But eventually the final decision came after the Allies went, ah, fuck it, we're just going to carpet bomb it. Yeah, that's what they used to do. Now, I've heard of carpet bombing. I've never actually seen a picture of carpet bombing yeah. in action Yeah. before. And you're kind of like, okay, so this is this is the town that we're saving yeah. from the Germans, okay? Yeah. This is a picture while the carpet bombing is happening on Villers Brussa. Would you like to see the picture? Yes, I would. Oh, yeah, that's um That's that's the town. That was the town. <laughs> it's a, it's a little bit hard for anyone to see, but it's basically just it looks like coral reef. Yeah. But that is literally just explosions. There's just there's so many explosions. It is a sea of explosions. Yeah. And you can sort of you can just sort of see some of the planes who are like as they're dropping more. Ah. So after that, the Allies ended up winning it eventually. Yeah. yeah. Back. <laughs> but it was just rubble. Oh Lord. So then the jokes really started to catch on about the English and their love of a cup of tea. (laughs) Armies may march on their stomachs, but the English army stops for tea breaks. In the Libyan desert, soldiers would use a Benghazi burner, which was a tin fuel in a can, in a hole in the ground, which was filled with wood, or when there was no wood, they would use sand mixed with petrol. Yep. Gross. <laughs> Just so they could brew their tea. In 1942, the English suffered a huge loss at the Battle of Gazala. James Holland, a military historian, said, In that moment, had it not been for the fact that the tea ration was coming through... 
we could have easily gone and thrown in the towel. I love it. I mean, that is how important tea was to the British, Tommy. I will take your bombing. I will take your starvation. But I will not take your lack of a tea break. But at least when fighting across deserts in tanks, one has the advantage that a tank unit could see its enemy approaching and withdraw quickly back inside their tank. The tank squadrons weaving through the crumbled ruins of Europe did not have that luxury. Yeah. And every time they came out of their tanks, they opened themselves up to snipers, attacks, bullet blasts, anything. There's a pretty horrific job in the army, to be honest. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, after the war, in 1946, the British Medical Research Council published their findings... That of the armoured units in Northwest Europe from March 1945 until the end of the war, how many injuries and deaths do you think happened when they weren't even in their tank? Oh, as a percentage of, I reckon outside your tank, probably 60%. Oh, you've ruined it now. Sorry. 37%. Ah, there you go. (laughs) But that's basically 37% were killed because they were on a tea break. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So that was death and injury. Uh, They didn't say they were having a cup of tea, but clearly it's implied. Yeah. So how was the army going to keep these soldiers in their tanks and keep these 37% of crews safe? Hmm. Install kitchens. The solution... Oh, no fucking way. (laughs) 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 Fucking awesome. Uh. The solution is very simple. The English army realised what they needed was tea-making facilities in their tanks. There you go. (laughs) Who'd have thought... Put that on Shark Tank. That's amazing. And so that's what they did. Brilliant. A company called Electrothermal, in conjunction with the British Ministry of Defence, set to work. I mean, America had the Manhattan Project. (laughs) (laughs) These guys had the Elevensies Project. (laughs) What has yielded more results? Well, yeah. What has proven to be more beneficial to humankind? I think we're going to find out. Mm-hmm. Yep. <sighs> so, excuse me. So they designed it with the Ministry of Defence. And in the 1980s, the BV, <coughs> excuse me, or the boiling vessel. Oh, yeah. Or the bivy, <laughs> as it became known. Begun being installed on every one of Britain's centurion tanks. Essentially, okay, basically it's a metal basket inside a steel metal box that contains water. It weighs about eight kilos. It's about 27 metres high and 29 centimetres long. You don't need to run the engine to make your brew either. Oh, 
only needs 24 volts. It runs off an auxiliary generator that also powers the radio. Okay. It also comes with five different cables in case of emergency and you need to plug it into another source. That's amazing. Because tea. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God, we can't get the radio. My God, can we still make a cup of tea? Oh, okay, crisis over. Wow. Mm. So you've got your five additional ports and the outside remains cool to the touch even while brewing. Even while you're driving, you can brew. That's amazing. Below the box, you will usually find a blue box to store your mugs and tea bags. Richard Cutland, a 30-year veteran of the British Royal Tank Regiment, was quoted as saying, this was like to, like, you know, tank magazine. (laughs) We always use China mugs because a cup of tea doesn't taste the same unless it's in a China mug in a tank. I cannot think in my 30 years of service on tanks what life would have been like without having a cup of tea. So good. (laughs) The bivy can keep its contents hot for six hours. Wow. The brochure boasts it will heat five ration pouches and two pints of water at the same time. That's amazing. Would you like to see a picture? I would love to see one. This is so cool. Uh, we have no. I love, I, I love how the Germans are just like, more meth. And these guys are, no. Just, oh, my God, more tea. You know, they, need, they need little biscuits. Little biscuits. Maybe uh, maybe uh, something for their ration pouch. Okay. Now, I've got an early model. Okay. And I have a new, like the modern version. There's a mo- Of course there's a modern version. Okay. So this is one of the original sort of 80s versions. Oh, so this is the ones now? No, that's the 80s version. The 1980s version? Yes. Okay. So that just looks like a battery box in a car. Yeah. Yeah. And you've got like your little red, you've got a little tap at the front. So yeah. if you don't want to open, you know, the whole door, yeah. you just open it. You can just pour out enough for your cup of tea and just keep driving. It's beautiful. Here... Oh. We have a newer, shinier version. You see, it's just got a bit more shinier. Oh. And it's still made by Electrothermal all these yes, years it later. Is. Look at that. That's a marvellous piece of Still made in Britain. Still made in Britain. Da, 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 da. Fuck you, Nazis, and your mess. <laughs> uh, colonialism was worth it. <laughs> Look at that. <laughs> I think you're getting too excited um, talking about tanks. I'm half British, man. This All right. is, oh, wow. I know. It's, it's weird. There's been a weird, awkward boner. Yeah. I haven't wanted to talk about this entire time. It's very weird. Yeah. Oh, Lord. So all of the British tanks were outfitted just in time for the new threat of nuclear war. Oh. Hooray. The BV isn't just for tea. Okay. Officials try to tell the rest of the world. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just for tea, all right? Like they've even gone to great lengths cuz on the actual website, yeah. okay. So in front of it, there is there is clearly a an animal cup holding like with a warm beverage in it. Nice. But they've decidedly put some chunks in it to be like, "See, it's soup." <laughs> Sure it is. Sure it is. Yeah, it's, it's fucking soup. Tea. 
Oh, Lord. So they insist, no, we didn't just spend all of this money inventing a tea-making machine. Theoretically, tank crews, after the threat of a nuclear war, so the bomb goes off, you're in your tank, what do you have to do? Shit, they're going to have to sit there for a couple of days you know, at least they yeah. can't get out of the tank while all the nuclear shit's falling. Yeah. Because you've got to avoid it for those first couple of days. So you've got to stay in the tank. What are they going to do with themselves in the tank? Well, if you've been the one stocking the tank, they're going to have an iron tablet. <laughs> we'll see who's fucking laughing, all right? Your fucking jaw's falling off. <laughs> iron. <laughs> That'll be from my Michael Douglas cancer. <laughs> Not after you've talked about tanks for an hour and a half. (laughs) You ain't eating shit after this. Oh, Lord. So, while you're on the nuclear apocalyptic field of the future, you're sitting in there, but don't despair. I know it's the nuclear apocalypse. Everyone you know is now dead. But you can have hot soup. Sounds good to me. So you can use your bevy. What you do is you've got your water. Mm-hmm. So it boils the water. So you can put in your pouches of your food. Yep. And that will heat them. So you can have a warm meal. You make yourself a nice cup of tea. And then you can brew yourself a little bit of more warm water. And you can have a little bit of a horse bath. Oh. A little bit of a tops and tails. Can you use the soup for that? Give it a little bit of... Depend what you're in. Depends how many days you're in the tank, really. Yeah. Some people react differently to the apocalypse. It's your tank. <laughs> your rules, that's yeah, what I say. Much, yeah. <laughs> so, pretty much, yes, no, it's not just a tea-making device. It is for hot water, for bathing and food. and I've got to wash my wound. Whatever. So, it's actually just there to... Food, give them a bath, which is all there to provide morale. Yes. It's a morale boost. Yeah. Bivvies were included with Britain's new main battle tank, the Challenger 2. Oh. And they've also expanded the bivvy, making it essential kit in the British Army. And they have added it to their other vehicles. The man trucks. So basically oh. just big regs. Yep. Warthogs. Yes. Jackals. Yes. That's your jackal. And where's the mastiff? I've forgotten the mastiff. Oh, no, there's the mastiff. That's... Oh, look at that. But these are my comparisons. Okay, so... This is a warthog. Yeah. You know what? The longer I looked at it, I'm like, I can kind of see it. Do you want me to hold it up? So we've got no, because I've looked at these. That's a warthog. Yeah, hold them up to people. So, like, there's a warthog. And this is the... And that's the warthog. I kind of get it. Yeah. Because you've got the thing. Kind, I guess it's the little eyes. It's a, a gorna matata. That's what you're in your tank singing yeah. through the nuclear apocalypse. Yeah. The next one after that is the jackal. So that's a jackal. Okay. That's the jackal. And then show them the jackal. And then that's a jackal. I don't see it. I think they're just cool names. I don't. 
with the like the the ass destroyer one thousand is like going to invoke more tear than the jackal. I, don't, I suppose if you threaten to destroy a soldier's ass, yeah, yeah. But and the mastiff, the mastiff looks nothing. I don't get it at all. I just do not see it. But maybe that's just me. Yeah, with the vehicle, the mastiff. I don't get it. It's upside down. That's dead mastiff. I don't. I don't see. I don't see it. Nothing about that says big dog. See, even you call it big dog. Because what about people in like there are people in Afghanistan? They don't know what the fuck a mastiff is. What the fuck? Is, I've never met a mastiff. What is that? A cheese sandwich? Look, at the risk of putting my marketing hat on, I don't think they're selling the vehicles to the opposition. <laughs> I think the idea is no, you, they just kill them. No, but you want something. Like, want something like you know like if you were like oh my god like oh my god is that the anal oh my god the anal destroyers are coming you'd shit yourself mostly mostly (laughs) like do you know what i mean like you're not gonna be like oh my god oh my god the doggos are coming this is toxic masculinity laid bare the fact that you're just like oh i don't want to be killed by that girly sounding fucking no i see you see you you're the one you're the one Driving like a nice name to it being, oh, that's feminine and girly. I'm just saying. What like, if they What if they called it the the lilac or the the, so the not- lavender, and it's like a fucking ball with spikes on it? You know, like, you're shit at marketing. Uh, death weapons, yeah. Yeah, you're like, oh my god, the lilac. I'm saying, I'm it's saying, like the homophobes I'm maybe out they, there. They, oh my god, they're not fucking. It's not about selling it to the people you're going to kill with it. It's no, but that's what's wrong. That's what you should do. You should make them like... That's why people would name like their ships like the uh, Blackbeard and his jolly spiky Roger. You'd be like, oh, yeah. You think... You crush your legs. You hear that's coming. You're like, oh, oh, it's the pretty porpoise. <laughs> you're, not, you're not cowering in terror. You don't reckon like the ironic names are going to be worse? So much worse. No. Oh, look out. Here comes the marshmallow and it's just a fucking flamethrower. No, it's like, it's like, oh my God, no, like they're coming with the fart. <laughs> no. This is why women aren't allowed to fight. Because we'd get shit done in a day. We'd <laughs> you would show stop up, for tea. We would show up in our anal destroyers yeah. and we would wreck your shit. You know what's going to happen? You're fucking turning up at the first town and seeing a stray cat and you're out getting shot. We would show up with our tank called Shared Custody and you'd shit yourselves and run. (laughs) But as the British Army is not the only army in the world to add soup-making facilities to their tank and armoured vehicles. Electrothermal states on their website that they have produced... Over 10,000 units for the U.S. Army as well. So now over 10,000 American military vehicles could also make hot soup. (laughs) And have over 20,000 units currently in use in military vehicles around the world. Although, as we found out with the... Russian invasion of Ukraine. Those fucking Russian tanks don't even have steering wheels. I bet they don't have fucking tea-making facilities. Barely got a fucking park break. You just put a fucking billy on top of the burning tank. <laughs> there we go. Oh. In 2000... 
2003. Yeah. An article by Audrey Gillen in The Guardian is describing the relationship between the British and American troops during the Iraq War. So the Iraq War is a very complicated affair. There's a lot of things going on. Yeah. A lot of things suggested that were going on that weren't going on Mm. were going on. Mm. This author has decided to focus on the real issue. (laughs) The boiling vessels. Yes. So this is uh, this is this is part of the quote from her article. The boiling vessel is ubiquitous in the British Army. It's a handy little device that runs off the battery of armoured vehicles and provides countless cups of tea and coffee and heats up boil in the bag meals. Out of all the equipment the British have, oh, I don't want to. Backhanded fucking compliment. Yeah. Out of all the equipment that the British have, this is probably the one piece that has impressed the Americans the most. <laughs> I mean, let's just rule out the invention of the computer. <laughs> I mean, you know, they kept, you know, the fucking Nazi empire at hold for, like, how many years before you decided to get off your ass and, like, you know, cracked their codes and shit, but that's all right. Yeah, sure. It was the British who cracked it. The what? The British cracked the Enigma code. Yeah, that's what I just said. Oh, okay, sorry. Sorry, I need a cup of tea. <sighs> well, oh, my God! Quick, <laughs> to the tank! <laughs> oh, Lord. So, but this is the one piece of equipment that's impressed the Americans the most. And it is the one that has brought them closer to their allies in the war. Right. U.S. Corporal Mike Kernard said... <coughs> it doesn't say where U.S. Corporal Mike Kernard is from. Where do you think someone called Mike Kernard is from? Oh, that's a Nebraska name. Nebraska? Yeah. What does Nebraska sound like? I don't know. Somewhere up north where it's snowy and... Ooh, I really like how people always seem to find time to make a brew. Whether it is half an hour before we take out artillery positions or half an hour after we take in oncoming artillery, everyone sits around and has a brew and it takes some of the stress away. There you go. His boss, Captain Rick Matasso. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very Godfather. Yeah, very. I need some cotton wool balls. <laughs> when we called in a fire mission to blow something up, one of the guys said, let's sit down and have a brew <laughs> in the middle of incoming artillery. <laughs> Their primary mission is to attach themselves to coalition forces to assist them in calling in U.S. close air support and artillery. They go on, that's their relationship, blah, blah, blah. They're working together. Just very, very briefly touches on some, like, friendly fire deaths when the Americans blew up some uh, Englishmen. Oopsie-doodle. Awkward. Under the carpet, under the carpool. But the difficult times have been leavened by the banter. (laughs) Yeah. HMI Barry Hurt says the British sense of humour kills him. Unlike American... (laughs) Friendly fire. Friendly fire also kills him. 
one para, this is a direct quote, one para has a chicken and a monkey. Men who run around in chicken and monkey suits. No one in command knows who it is. It's a little asterisk. See footnote. <laughs> Looked up the footnote. Yeah. The footnote was added 16 years later. Okay. In 2019. Note added 18th of July 2019. After revival via Twitter of a complaint from 2003 in which it was asserted that it was not a monkey but a gorilla. Fuck, that's the most British complaint I've ever... First of all, the tea was cold. Secondly, it was a gorilla. Excuse me, sir. You you can say many things, many things about the British Empire, but you may never accuse its tea of being cold. Uh, those American soldiers, like, surely they've just got like a monster energy drink vendor in their tanks. Oh, just, just, oh my God. It's got a pizza hut in there. Oh my God. You just go into like a little fucking Walmart. Yeah. There's a little who just lets you in. Some 70 year old woman who's had to go back to work because teaching didn't pay enough. Oh my God. Welcome to Iraq Walmart. Can I direct you to your department? It's a little McDonald's in the little Walmart. (laughs) Same grandma working in (laughs) there. Just has to change your hat. (laughs) Doing my bit for the war. Still doesn't get healthcare. (laughs) No. Fuck. You know what she will get? Warm fucking soup. And that's what matters. Yes. From the British. Mm. Yeah. So, you know what? Now that I have iodine. Yes. I'm going to get me in some soup. Do it. Yeah. Yeah, get yourself a bivvy. Maybe a bivvy. (gasps) I I get a bivvy to go with my crovel. Yeah, crovel and a bivvy. Oh, my God. We got this fucking apocalypse lit. Oh my god! Fuck off, apocalypse! Come at us, bro! You don't stand a shot. We got a fucking shovel that's also a fucking beer opener, and we got a fucking cup of tea that makes soup. Fucking come at me, bro! Look out! Fuck you, apocalypse! Mad Max would be a very different film. And I've got iodine, or possibly iron, for me and the cat. Some British fucking marauder hijacks the milk truck. Just so they can make a cup of tea. Mother's milk. I just I just picture someone just driving through the apocalypse in one of those really slow vans. <laughs> just one mile an hour. Just in a Renault. Oh, with a little penny on. Just little bottles. Click, 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 you got fucking Mad Max Rock and Tansky driving his XB Falcon. And then you've got fucking slightly annoyed Ken. <laughs> Driving his driving his voxel, his murder voxel. Oh my god! Just a soccer hooligan. I mean, we got the fucking Germans in their meth, fucking in the bush, out the bush, in the bush, out the bush, in the bush, out the bush. Fucking hell! I'm just gonna kill everyone. No! Finishes, solves a Sudoku. All done. Balls of teeth out, falls asleep. Uh, oh. Good times, good, good times. times. It's a different time. So there you go. Next time if someone asks, um, can you make a cup of tea yeah. in a British tank? The answer, yes, you can. Yes. And you've actually solved a minor half-remembered mystery from my childhood when people Ooh. referred to firing up the bivvy to make a cup of tea. Oh, there you go. There the you childhood go. 
trauma solved. solved. There's a priest in there. Apart from that, I don't know. Can you just hear a faint wobble board? <laughs> the drums of war. <laughs> Jake the peg, tick a tick a tick a tick. With the extra tank, pick a tick a tick a tick. Too much? Yeah. Oh, look away. I'm going to blow my nose. There you go. Thank you. So let's raise a glass to the humble cup of tea. May yeah. she always be hot. <laughs> and just stay away from fucking American pubs. Done. No matter what side you're on. <laughs> Uh, let's end this madness. Hmm. Um, the only thing not installed in British tanks, Mothman. How do you know? Because no one's getting their carpet eaten. There's cups of tea, though. <laughs> you never know. Mm. Come over for a cup of tea, love. And some soup. <laughs> I've got some biscuits. i got them from Sainsbury's. You, they are from World War Two. They're from Tesco. Come over, I'll rub your gams. Oh, <laughs> oh, spank me, spank me like a slightly dry digestive. Oh, I'll dunk you in my cup, make you nice and moist. Revivify you before I go back in with me NHS teeth. Oh, I'm ready to grab your ginger nut. <laughs> Yuck. I'll show you all the way around my Monte Carlo. My goodness, can you imagine British Housing Commission fucking fan fiction porn? Ugh. My goodness. It also involves a hot cup of tea and a yeah, lay down. It does. Lie back and think of England. <laughs> Starring slightly annoyed Kenneth. Was that the milkman? And the tea lady from the fucking, from the BSA factory. Sponsored by Digestive. Oh, I didn't know you worked in Sheffield Steel. That's pretty hard. <laughs> you know what makes the Sheffield Steel so hard? <laughs> it's Marge from accounts. <laughs> I thought it was a good, strong cup of tetley. Cup of tetley. <laughs> oh, fucking hell. This is terrible. No, I'm going to stop this. Although we could put out a whole fucking horror, <laughs> horrible fanfic about British fucking housing estate porn. Let's picture this teacup and tit <laughs> floating around. <laughs> I'm going to drop my load like an overloaded Morris. <laughs> uh. Oh, God. Oh, oh, I do love a good I'm, mutton sandwich. I'm gonna beat you like a disadvantaged youth. <laughs> I'm gonna ill treat you like a well meaning Pakistani family who've opened up a corner store. I'm gonna subject you to that level of abuse. Oh, I'd sweep your chimney. Oh, I'd put chips in your curry. Oh. Oh. You got any bovril in you? Would you like some? Oh, you could take me up the Tesco aisle. <laughs> you could drop my body in the Thames. 
<laughs> oh, I can't wait to get my mouth round your Greg sausage roll. <laughs> it's black pudding, darling. Black pudding. Oh. Only on your birthday. <laughs> I'm going to leave you in worse shape than the beaches of Blackpool. I'm gonna pound you like London in the 40. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> oh, oh. That's enough. <laughs> oh god, I can choke. Oh. Luckily, we've got an NHS because I'm about to knock out the last of your teeth. Take anymore. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm tapping Diana. I'm out. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, okay, we're done.